Hi, I'm Julie. And I'm Liz. We are business owners turned podcasters. This show gives you the permission and tools to create your courageous second act. We call this the afterglow. Welcome to the afterglow. This is our final episode of season one, and we are so excited to share our recap with you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I was this morning on my run, I was thinking about how, you know, we started this six months ago, I guess now. Yeah. We just um, decided that one day we were going to become podcasters. Yes. Yes. I think you decided. (laughs) (laughs) I have that. I have the effect on you. I just decided to buy microphones and all of a sudden that made us official. Yeah. Yeah. You, you were awesome. And so we closed the studio, like it was mid-March, the studio closed. And I think a couple of weeks later we had started the podcast anyways. Not, yeah. Not I mean, I think after. I went into that like fight or flight, right? Yeah. You talk about, you tell me yeah. I go into sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, what are we going to do next? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just trying to think like how much we've actually because I think we've talked about this before, how we're not really great at celebrating things we've done, you know, mm. I think mm-hmm. typically a female, I don't know, maybe not, but at least it's my response to just keep going, going, going and not uh, recognize what we've done and take a moment to celebrate it. And I don't know if it's female, but it's definitely a part of our world, right? Our modern culture is not to celebrate, just to keep going. Yeah, I think so. And I think as women, we're taught to celebrate others. And mm. um, we're also, uh, you know, the nurturers and the givers, um, you know, in general, I know that that's who I am as a, as a human. And so um, I would 100% be ready to go ahead and celebrate somebody else's achievements. Yeah. But when we look back at the last six months, and we've accumulated, you know, This will be our 25th podcast. We've interviewed 22 women, uh, incredible Canadian badass women um, who we, you know, didn't know most of them, who we approached, sent an email to, reached out to, texted, got a contact with, and were willing to come and talk to, to like, you know, unknowns, um with ambition right and i think that that that's a pretty big feat it is a big feat and so as you were talking so much came up but so we we need to celebrate but i was also okay so let's celebrate somehow okay well this let's let (laughs) this let's let this number 25 this is the end of our first season um let's let this be our celebratory podcast and um let's celebrate Woo! All yeah. the, the women and our, our, all of our work and efforts that have gone into this. And let this be known that you and I, you know, we're getting help now. We've, we've reached yeah. out to get some help with our PR and our branding and all that stuff. But like we single-handedly bought the mics, you know, yes. we do all the editing, we do all yeah. the producing, we did our yeah. logos, we do all that, all of our own self-promotion. And, yeah. and so it's a lot of fucking work. Yes. So 
that that needs to be celebrated. Yes. So I, I'm actually even doing because I'm a nerd like a victory pose. Okay. Because yeah, I, I think that like that's the other thing. Like you talk about women being nurturers and stuff, but the other thing is we don't allow ourselves to feel pride, right? To like just yeah. be like, hey, I did this. You know, look at mm -hmm. look at what we did, right? It's not mm -hmm. something we often do. And as you were talking to, I was also just thinking about Erica M and that first podcast and how one of the things she said, and I'm so grateful for her, was just that, you know, say yes, because you just never know whose purpose you're helping, right? You never know how you're helping someone on their path to purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's why she said no yes to us as our first guest. You know, we were unproven. <laughs> I know. We were in total newbies. We were so green. In I fact. know she gave us this the most incredible tip because before we started the podcast so this wasn't actually in the podcast we edit this out but before we started the podcast we um like to sort of preface it by saying to our guests if there's anything that you don't want to answer you don't have to answer just take a pass you know if we go too deep or you know here are some of the things we're going to be talking about and she stopped us and she said don't interview before you interview because mm -hmm. then the person is going to create and have an idea of what they already have in their mind. So by the time you get to the question, it's going to be totally different and inauthentic. And we were like, whoa, like that was so big. And that yeah. set the tone. That was one of, I mean, I got a lot from that podcast from her because she's such a dynamic, incredible um, queen of reinvention. Um, but th I think that was the biggest thing I got from that podcast and we didn't even put it on the podcast. I know, I know. And she was, and she gave us, you know, some props at the end too. She said, we did a good job because we were, you know, I was especially nervous for that one. It was the first yeah. time we'd ever done it. It was Erica M. It was a big deal. And, you know, she told us we had done a good job, which is a huge compliment coming from yeah. someone who had interviewed Kurt, Kurt Cobain, you know, I know. this is what she did for a living for so yeah. long was like yeah. praised for it and famous for it. So yeah, I feel, I, I think we can celebrate that because that was, um, uh, like the kickoff, right? Yes. Kind of yeah. kicked us off on a, yeah, on a really sure. good, good note. Absolutely, it made it, it made us know that hey, we could do this, right? Mm. Not just some crazy idea. <laughs> we do have those. Um, what else? Who else sticks out for you, or what else sticks out for you over the last six months? Um, well, I'm I'm just going through the list here, and um, you know, Erica M obviously was. Uh, our first um, guest on the podcast, but um, we had interviewed before we posted um, Erica M. We had already interviewed Dr. Mary Choi, who mm -hmm. um, is actually somebody that we know. I mean, I yes. know her, she's my naturopathic doctor and I um, love her. I think that mm -hmm. she is so knowledgeable and so, incredibly talented in her job, but she's also so relatable. Mm. And so um, with Mary, I felt like, you know, we were really sinking our teeth in with her because we had never even really interviewed anything. Um, but it was a lot of fun because she got into some like really interesting stories. And we actually did our back to back episode with her in the same sitting. We were sneaky. We were sneaky. We, were sneaky. we did like two hours. <laughs> with her and she was so open and so willing but i love the way she tells stories about hormones we were talking about in particular mm -hmm. on both episodes um to make them relatable to us 
-hmm. and not so foreign and not so um, gross or uh, strange or um, like we are aliens because this is what happens to us in our bodies. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated that about Mary. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I know that's always been a thing of, of yours too, just not, you know, shaming women for having reactions that go along with our menstrual cycles, right? <laughs> Learning to appreciate the fact that, Hey, this is all a part of being life giving you know, creative miracles that we are, right? There's some highs and lows that come with that, unfortunately. But that's hey, it's you get to be born. So that's the way it's it is. Like a miraculous thing, right? Yeah. That's, that's kind yeah. of what she did. I, I agree. It was like, there's, yeah. there's miracles in this fluctuation that yeah. we have to go through. And like, hold on to your hats, guys, because this, yes. this is life. Yeah, it is, totally. Yeah, I also liked how she said that um, one of the things that sticks out is just in perimenopause, how I think it was progesterone that goes down and how that's kind of our happiness hormone and one of them. And if, you know, when that goes down, then we do have less tolerance for the stuff that's actually been pissing us, pissing us off forever, but that we've just been kind of tolerating. And so, you know, that could be one reason why in perimenopause, we're just like, you know what, this isn't working for me out changing that, doing yeah, that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's true. It's I true. love it. I know that I started to feel a little bit like that. And then you just kind of like, I mean, I think it's an age and wisdom thing, but I also think it's probably a hormone thing. It's like, you just don't have the capacity for bullshit anymore. You don't. You're done. Yeah. Right. Um, that kind of reminds me of um, Tiffany Pratt too, mm. because she's like, no BS. Mm-hmm. This woman is like the real deal. I think, I think that if you could feel like energy through a screen, she was one of the most uh, vibrational podcasters we had. Would you agree? Well, she's actually a spiritual teacher is what she is. She's not actually a designer. She's actually a spiritual teacher. I don't know. I'm pretty sure she must know this about herself. But um, I mean, certainly her own podcast covers a lot of those themes. But um, yeah, that's what she is. She's a she's wise, a wise woman, you know. Uh, she shares a lot and she does she just exudes love and positivity and joy and what I love about that is because so often you know I've brought up how my religious upbringing was all about sacrifice and suffering and punishment and really what I believe now is that it's actually about joy and creativity and expression and freedom and that's what she models with Mm -hmm. everything about her Mm -hmm. Um, she does and I think that people who are listening and, you know, might not know Tiffany in our community, but like, she's this like continuously giving Mm -hmm. generous soul. She gives the most incredible hugs. Like she will hold you Mm -hmm. in her arms for like a solid 60 seconds, if not more, if she can, like, she just has, um, ideas that are constantly flowing like you say the creativity but they're all about how can she be giving back and i do believe that that is part of that spirituality that you talk about and that's what like keeps her vibration so high yeah she's just done it i saw in the local newspaper she was just down by the beach picking up garbage a couple weeks ago volunteering i was there with her i was picking up garbage with tiffany pratt like i loved it was like so soul filling yeah doing that Anyways, I think that obviously she does her HGTV stuff and she's continuously, um, you know, working with brands and stuff. And then she has her Love Jam podcast. But, 
She's a soul that I feel like um, if you can be connected to her in some way, like mm -hmm. do it, do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that um, spirituality came up as a theme with quite a few of our guests. Mm -hmm. Misha Bruger gosman talked yeah. about how that was a driving force for her. And even um, Vicky from CEO. Oh yeah. Vicky Saunders. So that, and yeah. that is a bit shocking too, because Vicky is such a uh, woman of stature. Like when I see her, when I see her, her, she comes across, she looks like this very strong, dominant woman. And then to hear her speak about her spirituality and her softening and the bringing in of the feminine was really, I think it was really powerful for me to know that, okay, I don't have to be this like driving force of a person constantly to achieve what feels good and right in the world, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, she works in corporate, you know, the corporate environment anyways, business environment, but she was talking about, yeah, energy and, you know, those things you said, spirituality, the feminine energy. So it's, it's everywhere, even Candace Factor, right? The, uh, in, in VC venture capitalism, she talked about bringing her own feminine energy into very male dominated environments and how she's working to help support that shift, which is amazing because I think that if that shift happens in those typically male driven environments, we'll have a different world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to focus on that feminine energy, um, particularly with Vicky, uh, you know, we can get back to, to everyone who actually, I believe embodied that feminine spirit as well, but um, with Vicky, uh, in creating CEO, one of the things, and I remember doing this with her in the group when I first attended a CEO event, which is the, the audacious ask, um, and then the, the giving and the receiving, that's such a spiritual um, mm. thought. You know, Deepak Chopra has his, you know, seven laws of, of spirituality, which is like one of them is the law of giving and receiving, right? There's the law of giving, but it's the law of giving and receiving. And to be bringing that into this sort of corporate environment of CEOs, of women entrepreneurs to say, you know what, what's your big ask? And then what are you ready to give? Like, I believe that's like kind of groundbreaking in that world. It so is. that's something that I feel like I can really, I really appreciate um, from her, but also learning that that's like their MO. I think so. I, I mean, I think, you know, like giving, receiving energy is so different than what I think we've been kind of living in, which is taking and controlling energy. Um, and so it really is a drastic shift to bring more of that into our world. And it's exciting to see it happening in different places. Mm -hmm. um, what about Samantha Nutt? This woman is like a powerhouse. Yes, like, I know. We're both just smiling right now thinking about her yeah. because um, she's this like short, small, petite woman, feisty as hell, who's done incredible things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. She's, she's like pint-sized power. Yeah. I thought she was so inspirational too. And I think she demonstrates another one of the themes. Vicki Saunders talked about this, this idea of disrupting the status quo. And she did that in her work too with international aid development. She went in and she saw this model where people were, 
you know, flying in, you know, Western experts into developing countries in order to solve the problem. And, and her approach is very different. Her approach is let's empower the people who are on the ground locally who actually know what's going on and let's support them to, to create change. And, you know, so she disrupted her industry there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm just, I was really just inspired by her and the strength it took to do that. She talked about overcoming, uh, I can't remember if she used the word social anxiety, but anxiety anyways. She talked about overcoming anxiety anyways in terms of raising her voice, speaking her voice. Mm-hmm. You know, to see someone who had struggled with that, be able to overcome it, and then become, you know, this powerful person who started uh, an international aid organization. She won the, the Order of Canada. She's got so many distinctions. Yeah, and I think that that's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast was to um, help women to do that, to find their voice or, or, or access anyways, their inner voice that maybe already exists within them. And so whether it's like you have social anxiety, so you need to learn to speak up, or it's like, what am I even thinking anyways? And what do I really want? And so she's like exemplary in that she actually overcame to, to speak her voice. But then she also persevered through all these, like, I would say, like, you know, obstacles in the world that exist to create a war child um, and also to bring other women on board with her. I think that part of her platform, even though it might not be the overlying, is this empowerment of women, which I see and is a very beautiful thing. And she's doing this and she's still surviving. Like she's seeing these war-torn countries. She's seeing people in the most, you know, I think there was at one point when she was explaining to us and we were both almost in tears, just listening to what she was exposed to. Um, and she does this and then she continues to have this spirit, which was so inspiring. Yeah. And then you can still go to Sunnybrook and see her there. Cause she still does, you know, uh, regular medicine. Uh, yeah. She's like your regular doctor. Yeah. <laughs> like what yeah. she's lived like a thousand lives I think I think that's just as you were talking about her and you know just overcoming that um I mean internal you know overcoming that fear of speaking out like to me it just that's the part that pains me is the fact that so many women um for whatever reason could not overcome those obstacles and you know i think what if she had not done that right what what mm-hmm. a loss to the world mm-hmm. if she had not been able to overcome that and so you know i think that's part of the reason why we want to do this podcast is because yes it's hard there's 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 ways we've been conditioned to stay small or not share our voice or whatever but there's such a loss to the world when we don't figure out the ways to overcome that mm-hmm. And that we all actually have it within ourselves already. Absolutely. Right? Like we all have capacity. Yeah. We all have the capacity. It's not, it's not just, I think it's so easy to be like, oh, well, she did it because she's Samantha Nutt. And it's like, you know what? She wasn't always Samantha Nutt because she was. Her name was always Samantha Nutt, but she wasn't always <laughs> the powerhouse. <laughs> that little pint-sized powerhouse. Exactly. Yeah. It's not always the powerhouse that she is now, right? She, she grew into that. And so it, it is. It's in all of us to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It it um. It really brings me to um. Reminding my own self of my own voice, like my own power, and I think that all of these women like really had that impact on me each time. It was like it was. I felt like we were gifted 
these mm-hmm. interviews with these women because we got to ask these questions and then we got to walk away with all these like tidbits, right? And most of them, most of every, our conversations did end up in the podcast. Some of it got edited out, but mostly it was like these enlightening conversations and constant reminders of, I have it within me. I have the power, identify where my passion lies and then go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we just went totally wild with the sex episode. Oh my God. That was, that might've been the most fun. I mean, we've had some fun and we've had some laughs, but that might have been the most fun because let's face it, Kim Sedgwick is the sweetest, most unassuming sex educator around, right? She's got the cute cropped hair. She's got the sweetest little voice. Um, She definitely comes across as very prim and proper. And then she gets down and dirty and talks blowjobs and masturbation. And you are like squirming in your seat for a second, but she made it so comfortable. Didn't you feel like you were so comfortable? Absolutely. That's what's so great about her. She does make it comfortable, right? So you do feel like you, like, because I, I, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I, I thought I had seen this like sex therapist and she was like super sexy and beautiful and gorgeous. And not that Kim's not, but it, you don't want to be intimidated. You know, you want someone who you feel you can be open with, right? Well, and you could feel like you could relate to, like you maybe, you know, sometimes sex therapy is like, um, I remember back when I was like first married, my friends were like, you know, and I was, I was struggling to feel like that sex appeal or that sex connection. And my friends were like, just show up in a trench coat naked underneath. And, you know, that'll be exciting. And, and I was like, that's not me though. Like, that's not who yeah. I am. I'm not going to show up naked. And I mean, maybe I would now in my 47, things have changed, but <laughs> like that wasn't who I am. So you do want to have somebody who you can relate to, whereas yeah. you're sitting like across from a sex kit and you might be thinking, well, I'm never going to be that. Well, exactly. Like, that would make me feel so uncomfortable. But yeah. yeah, she was so relatable. So tell me like what is like one thing maybe from that episode that like really had you kind of going, okay, I'm like going to try this or this is really new to me. Um, you know, I mean, I have to admit, we're still struggling that area with four kids constantly like around the clock. Um, so I would like to just, um, you know what I would like to do honestly is just make our bedroom a more inspiring space. I think it just starts there, you know? Uh, and so nothing crazy yet, but honestly, when I walk into the bath, the bedroom right now, it's like, I don't know, you know? It's just not an inspiring space. It's not sexy, really. No, there's kids' underwear on the floor. (laughs) We make our bed, but, you know, it's just not, I don't know, it's just not inspiring. I think you kind of need that. I don't know. Well, you need something because when you, like you said, you've got like four kids and you're busy and, you know, obviously COVID crap, but um, you need something that's going to get you to that place of being able to decompress and relax, right? Especially for women. I mean, I think that that's like a big message that she was relaying is you have to turn your mind into it. And so what do you need to do to get your mind to that place, which is the bedroom has to at least be clean. I mean, like, let's just start there. Yeah. She talked about the accelerators and the brakes and which I know she gets from another writer. I think Emily Nagoski, I forget, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we have a lot of brakes just with the kids constantly around. And then like an accelerator would be, you know, creating a nice space that feels inspiring that we want to connect in. Uh, not, Maybe just even having a shower. <laughs> yes. 
I have, I do shower daily now. That's so. good. That's excellent. <laughs> I will admit I am unshowered right now. Okay. What about you? What are you trying? Um, you know, one of the things that I want to embrace and embody, particularly for my daughter is I want to make masturbation, female masturbation, because we all know that male masturbation is totally normalized and is encouraged and is joked about and is promoted. And we got American pie going on and nobody bats an eyelash. But the minute that girls are masturbating on television or on a movie screen, it's like, oh my God, she's a dirty person. And I want to... Um, allow that to be for myself, um, yeah. and then, but also to empower my daughter to yeah. go ahead, like feel around, get familiar, yeah. learn yeah. what feels good for you so that you know what feels good when you're with somebody else, right? Yeah. Like that's empowering. I don't yeah. think I ever had that when I was that young. So, I mean, I eventually grew into it and fortunately yeah. felt like it was something that was normalized, but actually not normalized it was something that I was comfortable with yeah but it still is not normalized is the problem and so I really yeah. want that for me that was like a big thing because I kind of felt it like in my gut a little bit like that discomfort of like mm -hmm. girls masturbating that that mm -hmm. I think we're socialized to believe and it's like this beautiful incredible empowering thing to imagine getting yourself off, which is what Kim uses the term getting yourself off. And I love that. Um, to feel this incredible feeling and then knowing how you can feel and you don't need yeah. anybody else to do it. Yeah. That's empowering. Taking care of you. Yeah. I mean, we could go on with the sex talk forever. So maybe we should, yeah, maybe we should go yeah. on. To yeah. Okay. Speaking of parenting. Yes. Let's talk about Jennifer Kolari because she, um, I mean, I feel like we could have talked for about 17 hours with her because we are parents, but also she has so much to give and she speaks so quickly because she's so used to having to impart all this wisdom. But I felt like um, learning about that connected parenting style, which is like get down on their level, you know, try not to solve the things in that moment, right? Like oftentimes we're so triggered by our kids. It's like you snap back, you yell, you want to teach them the lesson in that moment. Um, but then learning how to, to pull back and when the time is right for that lesson to come after you've allowed them to feel heard and loved, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I really think that it starts in the home. Like so many of the changes we want to see in our world start in the home. Um, and I think that ability to connect with your child right there uh it, it is so important but it's still not easy because we come into parenting with our baggage you know with our own upbringing with stuff that we can't even see to be honest with our own blind spots that we can't even see and then we parent i know i did that for a decade parenting from a place of uh just not you know full optimal um being because there were just things i didn't know about myself right um, and I think if you can start there in the home, then I think that creates the changes, a lot of the changes that we need to see. Um, yeah, Dr. Shafali um, talks about that too, which is like our parenting starts with us, right? It starts within us and learning about how, you know, what triggers us, what motivates us, what our losses, what our traumas are. And we bring that into our parenting. So we need to kind of heal ourselves, right? And and learn that about ourselves. Um, but she's another one. We'll, we'll someday. She's not Canadian, I don't believe, but we'll get her on our podcast. Yeah. You know, one of the other um, 
things that Jennifer Kalari made, one of the other points she made was just that because she's been doing this for a long time, like 20 years, she's not new to parenting therapy or parenting coaching. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she's noticed because she has this style of child called the gladiator child who resists authority, who doesn't just, you know, do what the parents tell him to do. He's always questioning. And, and what she's noticed is that more gladiator children are being born today. Mm. And it really made me think of, um, there's an African pro proverb, which I know you've heard is the one that says it takes a village to raise a child, but there's a second part to the proverb, which isn't said as much. And if the village doesn't do it, the child will burn the village down. Mm. And I think oh that's what's God. happening, right? That's, that's so fucking powerful <laughs> that's what's happening these kids are rising up they're saying world you're not working for me right this is not working why should i comply to a world that's not working and that's not going to work for my long-term needs and i think that's what's happening happening right and she she said it she sees more gladiator children being born and they're just saying we're not gonna give in to the status quo we're going to change the status quo. And yes, it's super hard to parent those kids, right? Because in the moment, you just want them to do what you want them to do. But they're actually the heroes that we need to change this world. Mm, I love that. That is so powerful. We did, we did the Francisco sisters. They were important. They were big and important. Oh, Francisco sisters. Here's what I believe. And I was listening to a podcast Oh, it was Gloria Steinem. She was on Sophia Bush's podcast. Um, Gloria Steinem said, the race issue and the sexism issue go hand in hand because mm -hmm. you cannot separate the two without coming down on women, coming down on race because and, and suppressing both of them because if you don't, then they're going to co-mingle, right? Women and men are going to find each other, whatever race they are. Mm -hmm. And obviously then it's going to be a non-issue in our world, but, but the white man, the white male who does not want that mm -hmm. has to then suppress both sides. Mm -hmm. like I thought that was quite enlightening. And so to have these women, the Francisco sisters, all on black women who mm -hmm. have the intersectionality, have the, the, the women card, the black card, the privilege card as well, which they talked about, um, was so, I think, important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, they, I mean, I'm so inspired by all of them. They, uh, you know, I think one of the things is that for you and I, we've made changes in our yoga studio. Like we know this is not going away, but yeah. this is something we want to keep learning about. Um, and they are also, I mean, uh, they're, they're black, obviously. So that's a, they have motivation to stay in the game, but they're, they're in it for the long haul. And what I loved about them is that they, they had, um, they just approached it from a place of compassion, really like trying to invite people in and encourage people to stay in the game and stay in the conversation. Um, and you know, I just felt like it was okay to ask things that might not be the perfect question or to make mistakes and that they would be there to, um, you know, just provide a more accurate perspective, but in a, in a supportive way so that it creates real change, you know? So yeah, it's a I mean, I definitely felt that. And as a white woman, you know, I'm, I'm constantly being cautious um, mm -hmm. at the same time as wanting to um, help wanting to change yeah. myself and change the world around us. And so 
I found that so um, inviting and welcoming and safe. I wanted to create the space to be safe for them, but I felt safe in it as well because they were able to be compassionate with, you know, mistakes made with mm-hmm. not knowing, with learning and unlearning. I felt like that was a really, um, there was a lot of very beautiful energetic exchange in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, that's a topic we're going to keep, we're going to keep on. Yeah. It's not a one and done thing for us. There's no. Kind of- and, and you know, what also led us to wanting to explore uh, the indigenous issues in Canada as well, which, um, we so fortunately had the opportunity to talk to Elaine Alec, mm-hmm. who, when you read her story, she has this beautiful book, Calling My Spirit Back, or even, you know, in speaking to her and listen to our podcast, and you hear about all of the trauma that she experienced. Like when you think about like, maybe let's take like 25 people and all of their individual trauma in their lives, like this woman experienced it all Mm-hmm. every like I just can't even imagine how she pulled herself up out of it but that's her spirit and you know overcame which is the this huge story of overcoming the racism mm-hmm. the abuse the addiction you know there's mm-hmm. more and um, she was inspiring but also taught us about a little bit about the history of indigenous in Canada and about um, how we're operating now. Mm-hmm. That, that that was very powerful. Yeah, that's an area I need to learn more about myself as well. Like it's, you know, I am, I do realize, I think most of us realize, um, you know, those of us that care enough that we have our, the history lessons we got in school were not accurate. <laughs> and that there's a whole other history. I had just read about, um, the free history course at one university in Canada, I can't remember on indigenous history in Canada. It's a free course, like mm. actual correct history. And apparently Dan Levy, Dan Levy. From, yeah, from Schitt's Creek. That's right. He was teaching it. And I think yeah. that that motivated a lot of people to go ahead and do it with him. 4,000, 64,000 people. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's, That's huge. Yeah, it's huge. It's yeah. huge. So I'd like to do that course and, and learn more and, yeah, it feels like um, Canada has a lot of work to do there in order to repair. And then I, I think really it's the lost wisdom that really um, bothers me too. You know, all the wisdom that was connected to the land we currently live on in terms of, you know, just simple things like what plants can support us, what foods can support us, but just, mm-hmm. you know, what can we learn from nature, the way the lake is or the mountains are, or whatever, and how can we be in unity with nature rather than trying to control it? So, um, and I think that, I mean, I know for me in particular, but for a lot of people that COVID has really um, inspired a lot of that getting back to nature, getting back to our roots, getting back to slowing down, getting back to just really um, honoring that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that it's making the change necessarily in outwardly in the big landscape of Indigenous people, but yeah. I know that all we can do to start with is working on that for ourselves, right? And so if we can start there, I think that that's um, going to be what then inspires us to be more open to learn and grow in the other areas. Yeah. 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 She was also a very spiritual person. I mean, she just really demonstrated how strong the human spirit is that can still, I mean, she's incredible. Well, I I think another demonstration of that was um, Lise Wilcox, who is, 
She's so empowering because you see this woman who is like always smiling. She's got the bright red lipstick. She, yeah, she inspired me to start wearing red, bright red lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> she has written this book. So she's a coach, coach, a mindset coach. Um, and she's written this book to call myself beloved. And, you know, she went through breast cancer. She went through a divorce. She went through childhood trauma. And so to see her and, and learn about her and how she's come out on the other side. And now is this like empowering women to other women. And I just want to read a little bit about, about yes, something that she, I got her book and this part of her book really resonated with me about the afterglow about our podcast. She says, there comes a certain point in your life, usually early to mid thirties, when that voice starts calling. Some of us learn to listen to what it has to say and start the process of removing the masks we've worked so hard to put on. And some of us keep tuning it out. We tune it out by reaching for more success, more booze, more online shopping, more empty sex, more drugs, more food, more false control, more, more, more of everything that is wrong for us and contributes massively to the person we are not. But that voice doesn't quit. It gets louder and harder to tune out and our drug of choice becomes less effective. And we really start to feel the icky, awful feeling of be tra being trapped in a life that isn't ours. I mean, mm -hmm. there's more, and, it, and I'm gonna leave it at that so you can actually get the book to call myself beloved, to learn then how you move past that. But that like right there is really one of the reasons we started the podcast because we were able to, for some, somehow, some way, right? And if we look back and analyze it, I'm sure we could come up with a few good pointers ourselves. But in our 40s, well, you were not quite 40 yet. I'll give you that. I was 39. <laughs> I'll let you have that well, here. Um, to be able to go in here and, and start to take off the masks and start to listen to our inner voice and start to respond to that calling and we had kind of start to, started to drop our vices along the way, right? And now all of a sudden we were like, okay, well, kind of now what? And we knew, and then we went and we did the thing. For us, it was starting Afterglow the studio. Um, and then that brought on a whole, a bunch of other stuff for us to start to analyze and look at and uncover and whatever. But it also showed us and empowered us to be more and to do more, right? And so that to me, what Lise is talking about there is like, this is why we have this podcast because like women out there, we have the voices. We, we have been so long wearing these masks of what other people's expectations are of us. And uh, we don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I think that, you know, if you hear that call, that there's something else for you, then um, it, it might be difficult, but it, it's, you need to listen to that call. And, you know, I really, I do, like, I think a lot about like the caterpillar and butterfly analogy, and I know you do too, that's why we have it in our studio, but I think that call is like an invitation to get in your cocoon. And um, as Lee said, uh, it, it takes a lot of, um, uh, coping tools to soothe yourself from the pain of not getting in that cocoon. <laughs> you know, you buy things, you drink things, you eat things, you, you know, you distract yourself, whatever. 
Um, but you know, I, I just think that if a caterpillar were actually crawling on the ground and it was time to get in the cocoon and if he were to resist it, like it would be exhausting, right. For that caterpillar to be like, no, I'm not going in the cocoon. Like he, he would, he would drive himself crazy. Really? He would. I feel, right. I feel a little bit like that caterpillar right now. Like I kind of feel a little bit like I'm, I know there's this like major transformation and I, well, I sent you that card that I pulled this morning, which was transformation at a cellular level. Like, good mm -hmm. God, does that sound uncomfortable? But I feel a little bit like that caterpillar, like I'm kind of resisting and it is yeah. exhausting. exhausting. It is exhausting. exhausting. But, you know, hearing the stories from like Lise Wilcox and from these other women and knowing what we know, yeah, I, I have to keep walking and moving my and inching my way towards that cocoon, right? Yeah. And I think the reason we resist it is because the cocoon is uncomfortable, right? Like, like, I, and I do, I know I've said this a lot, but the caterpillar digests itself in the cocoon. It literally digests itself. It breaks it down. So it has no form whatsoever. And then it comes out as a butterfly. So that's not a graceful process. It's uncomfortable and a bit disgusting. <laughs> it's disgusting, right? So, but, but yeah, I think it's important. I think it's, it's important. And I agree. I agree with that. We need a world without masks, right? A world without masks for sure yeah well and then this that um takes me to um um our interview with natasha sharma and relationships because here we are in our world and one of our our biggest things that we need as as humans is to connect with other people mm -hmm. and um there's no that way that we can do that when we have these masks on and you know natasha sharma talks about the connection of um you know, the connection to yourself and what you bring to your relationships, right? Mm -hmm. um, she's got her, her, her success tips on successful romantic relationships and, you know, talks about having your mindset shift as well and in ways to nurture and heal and, and also connect in your relationships. I feel like she was... Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes interesting to hear other people's own stories of their own growth, but then they bring that to their teaching. And mm -hmm. I feel like she's a real testament to that in her own experience, in her own life of learning about herself first and then getting involved in her relationship and her marriage. Yeah. And I think she was even, she'd had a personal struggle with a relationship, uh, right? Uh, uh, like with a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And that inspired her to get into this work. Um, which I think is also an interesting theme for a lot of our guests, you know, that early adversity led them to the path that they're on, <sighs> even though it feels like, a, you know, a bitch at the time. <laughs> well, and so, but then you have the story about Kate Drummond, right? We had that episode with Kate, the girl with the big heart or the big open heart. Yeah, the big heart. And I mean, this woman, Kate is all love she is mm -hmm. she believes that she's all love she loves every single living creature and every single living being mm -hmm. but she was in um not such an adverse environment mm -hmm. and then it led her to finding herself right she was in this environment of um being in a beautiful home married being a teacher you know she had the cars and all the things and so it wasn't that what that led her to her own personal transformation. It was really just sitting in it and realizing how unhappy she was because she knew there was something more for her. She mm -hmm. knew that she ha did have that mask on, right? She, yeah. knew she had put that mask on to please other people in her life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so she needed to either rip that mask off or she would drown basically. Yeah. So I love her. Yeah. Story. That's a tough transition, right? When you are, when your life is fine and everything you, you know, you feel like you should be happy because you've checked all the boxes and mm-hmm. accomplished what society's told you to accomplish. Um, but still there's something that says, no, this is not the right place. It, it's actually a very tough thing. It takes a lot of courage to be able to say, you know what, this is a fine life, but it, it's not mine, <laughs> you know, and to, it takes a lot of courage. So she had a lot of um, strength and wisdom and uh, uh, resiliency in her. Um, and she was pretty honest that it's not like she made that switch and was like, you know what, um, this is not the life for me. I'm not a teacher. I'm meant to be an actress. And it's not like it was all, you know, unicorns and rainbows after that. It's still a difficult road for her. You know, it's still a road she has to re- keep recommitting to stay on. Right. Uh, and she does that. Yeah. That. I want to just do like some quick little shout outs because we're running out of time and I don't want to miss anybody because um, every single one of our guests was so important. But you mentioned Misha Burger-Gosman, who is like this fierce, yes. awesome, badass Canadian uh, black opera singer, like she who's had two open heart surgeries. She just... I mean, she kicks ass. I don't know what else to say about her. She's just incredible. And from out east too. I want more people from out east on our podcast. Yeah, yeah. So if you're out there and you live out east yeah. and you want to talk to us, send us a line. And then, you know, just a little shout out to Jeff Pereira, the sole man who came on the podcast, uh, very brave, and you know, mm-hmm. gave us a little bit of education on um, manhood and the struggles of men. Right? We're talking constantly about what the struggles of women are and um how we personally have experienced it but it's really good to to flip the switch on it and see what men are struggling with based on these societal expectations that are limitations for us but also for them yeah absolutely i mean i think generally speaking women have been conditioned away from being powerful and generally speaking men have been conditioned away from being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and showing weakness and emotional connection and to get to balance both those things need to be rectified. Well, and then Rachel Giza, who was our, our final um, guest, our last episode, uh, she also emphasized that in her uh, book that she's written called Boys, mm-hmm. um, What It Means to Become a Man. And that was a really incredible and informative episode because, you know, she has a son um, that she's raising. She's done all this research and um, i it was a very compassionate experience to read about um, boys and men as well um, in from her perspective. Yeah, I thought she was super inspiring. I really appreciated just how, I guess it's her journalistic background perhaps, but just how she, uh, just even, she brought curiosity to everything. I just, that really just stuck out for me, how she was able to be curious about things and how that can be a way to support change, you know, rather than judgment, just um, curiosity. She was, she really leaned into that. Um, I have to get her book. She has a ton to say. Really loved having her book is I have it and I started reading it and there's so much information in it, but it's also a story. Like she's telling a story as well throughout. So um, really good book to get. And I love that some of our guests are like, have these other outlets and access to them. One of our other guests, Jenny B, she's so cute. She's so lovely. Uh, she has a podcast herself. This is it actually. 
Um, mm -hmm. and so I love that, you know, she has this other job where she's a producer and she does other things. And this became sort of a side thing for her during COVID. Um, but she's like a storyteller. And then she's mm -hmm. using that gift and talent that she has and now sharing it with the world. She's a beautiful storyteller at that too. Yeah, check out her podcast for sure. And, and then Patty Lovett Reed. Oh my God, Patty. Yeah, she was super fun. So what I love yeah. about Patty is that she is all happiness and all smiles through the whole thing. And she loves talking about money and educating women and people, mm -hmm. not just women, about money. And uh, like the, her passion, like you can see her passion in everything she says and everything she does. Like, I just love this woman. Yeah. And I think also just like really good practical tips in terms mm -hmm. of like developing financial literacy, like understand the terms and, you know, simple things that, you know, I'm sure many of us wish we had have remembered earlier, but like save your money, have an emergency fund, you know, things yeah. like that. Because the things that we heard, like credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she was great to have on. I loved her. I think, I think money's important to learn about, right? Especially money for kids. It's something I need to improve on teaching my kids more about money. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do? I do wish that I had um, been educated a little more on like having a budget and mm -hmm. knowing where to allot my money and, and learning mm -hmm. how to save. Um, I think that, you know, I think it's good to also not place the utmost importance on money, but yeah. I do think that um, particularly for women for survival, you need this. Yes. We can't forget Nicole Lowe's. Oh, Nicole Lowe's is a beautiful human. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I love about her is that she's a trauma therapist, but she, um, she just really sees the, um, you know, she delivers trauma therapy so that people can get back to a state of joy, which is the default state, right? Mm -hmm. A state of joy. Um, social engagement and connection with others and peace and ease. And, um, yeah. When you talk about that a lot, you talk about how the world is constantly pulling us away from ourselves and from that natural state of being. And, um, I was talking with a friend today and she mentioned that, um, this one mindset guy talks about how our natural state of being our natural human is vitality, mm -hmm. right? And with that is that joy with that is that, energy. Um, and so we're constantly, and you know, I've heard you say this many times, we're constantly being pulled away from that by external sources, by the world, by what society tells us, by the doing, by whatever it is. And, um, and you've mentioned this too about Nicole is that she brings us back to that state, that natural state. And she does it in a way that's not like, um, condemning or shaming or serious or it, it's really it's soothing but it brings you back to feeling that joy well i think what's really i find fascinating is that natural state of like joy or social engagement or connection is um research and struggle and actually like our high performance state it's where we perform the best i mean even at a very at a very simple level it's where you learn. You can't learn when you're in fight or flight. You learn when you're in social engagement. And so it's where we perform at our best. And I actually think that we, our world is largely created from fear. <laughs> and if we could create from this, you know, high potential state of um, thriving and joy, I mean, I think maybe that's what I'm, that's what I'm excited about. 
think that's a possibility for us as humans. Yeah, well, I want more of that for sure. I think our final guest we haven't spoken about was Paulette Senior. Um, and mm -hmm. she is so inspiring with the Canadian mm -hmm. Foundation. Um, she's just so done so much to change uh, the landscape for women and for women of color as well and for young girls. So I felt like um, learning about what she is doing uh, was almost motivation for us to do more in what we already have with our glow girls at the yoga studio, but um, with women as well. Like, I feel like it was like, oh my God, let's get this really rolling. Absolutely. Yeah. And she also demonstrated just so much of what we hear in the statistics, right? That black kids um, are not treated, you know, they're, they're not treated as well in schools, that this teacher often looks down upon them. She, she had that experience where she was relegated to a lower, um, a lower class, you know, less challenging class because the teacher thought she wasn't smart enough. And here she is, you know, leading the Canadian Women's Foundation today. Mm -hmm. So some, and then she had that, she had to overcome that in herself. Right. And again, she, she had an inner dialogue. Had, yeah, you get the inner dialogue ongoing, and that's what you feel like you've learned. And when, um, and a lot of coaches, I know you talk about this, and Lisa Wilcock talks about this too. Is that the story that you tell yourself? If you if you keep believing that story, you're going to keep repeating that story. And so she had to yeah. tell herself that story. She did it. Yeah. And then it, she was also able to stand up for her child when her child had the same experience in school. You know, she 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 said no, that's not going to happen. So yeah, she was amazing. I loved having her on. Yes, I love this. And just like doing this little recap has just, um, I mean, it's really inspired me, but it helps me feel like we should really be celebrating. And you know what? We're smart. We're really smart now because we learned all this stuff. Yeah. Over the last six months, we learned so much. And I'm so grateful to these like empowering women out there who are um open to sharing their stories like we got back we went back into their childhoods we went back into some nitty-gritty with them and they were all so open and so vulnerable and so ready to share so that we can learn and grow from them i feel like i learned so much too i me too and, I, and I'm ex it makes me excited for season two and oh my God. i thought, i thought maybe we could just quickly discuss maybe what are some of the things we'd like to see in season two where some people we'd like to speak to or just even topics we want to tackle or um, like, I know I'd love to get someone from Northern Canada. Like I want geographic representation in Canada. Mm. So I think that's one area we could do better. Absolutely. I think that that's some um, like important because I think that the geography also um, dictates their experiences to a certain degree. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would like to talk about um, addiction. Uh -huh. I think I would like to, you know, I know we touched on it with Elaine Alec, but I'd like to talk to like a, maybe an addiction specialist so that we can um, discover and uncover our own addictions and our own tendencies. I'd like to really focus in on trauma. So maybe those two things are related. I know there's Gabor a lot of that. Mate. And it's, what's that? Gabor Mate would be amazing. I mean, Gabor is Canadian yeah. and he's a man, but we'll take him. He's so amazing. we're putting that we're putting that out there right now, Gabor, that we would like to have you on our podcast. Yeah. Um, and more inspiring stories of diversity as well. Absolutely. I think that we really yeah. want to bring that in because I think that that's unknown. I'd like to get, um, you know, potentially somebody who can give us more education on the Indigenous experience in Canada. 
Mm, I, I would love that more indigenous perspectives, um, you know, just diversity, as you said, in terms of race, um, sexual orientation, you know, even uh, physical ability, uh, everything. Um, yeah, I want to open it up. And I, I think that there's no uh, right or wrong with whoever we have on the podcast, because everybody is bringing their stories and um, everybody has uh, like a lesson or like a tip or like something we can all learn from, right? Mm -hmm. We all learn from each other's experiences, which I, I really feel uh, blessed with this connection that we've made with the podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm excited about season two. All right. So how do we complete the celebration of our final episode of season one, the Afterglow podcast? What do you want mm. to do a little dance? Should we take, should we do a couple of deep breaths? Is that what we want to do? Do you want to just breathe into it? Okay. I like it. Yeah. Right. So let's like, if you're at home and you're listening, if you want to join us in this like empowering and energizing, um, inspiring breath work, just close your eyes and feel yourself rooted, feel yourself grounded in the earth and start to connect with your body. Start to connect with your breath. And let's take nice, big, giant, expansive inhales here so that we can really feel like everything that we've just learned, everything that we've just shared is absorbing into every pore, every cell of your body. And then let it out. Maybe let's do that again together. And then breathe it out. What you can't see is that Liz has the biggest smile across her face right now. And the sun's coming in both our windows. What's that? The sun is coming in both our windows. Just, yeah, began to shine in both. I think that's a sign. That's a sign of really good things to come. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for you for going on this little journey with me because for me and the listeners, me, you, know, you listen, oh. Armor. I'm grateful for you because I'm grateful for you too. Without you, I feel like you know Erica and numerous other guests have commented that we're we're a really good team. Oh yeah, I feel the same. I'm grateful for your ability just to like jump in and think later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just FYI, that hasn't always worked for me. Uh, it works great. It works great. We, we need that. We need that. It's awesome. At least to good things. Yeah. yeah. Good things. I love it. Whereas I'm the opposite. I overthink and, then, you know, it's too much overthinking. So we got our yin and yang. Well, yeah. thank you to our listeners for um, listening to the podcast, for downloading it. We want you to download, rate, review. It takes like two seconds to just put five stars because, you know, five stars. Why wouldn't yes, you? Please, five on, uh, you know, Spotify or, or iTunes or wherever you're listening to leave a quick review if you can, but that helps us be heard and be seen out there. And we want to make an impact with this podcast. And let us know if there's things you want to hear about or learn about or guests you want to hear from. Let us know.
Thank you so much for tuning in today and listening to our final episode of season one. We can't wait to share our next season with you, but if you loved any of the guests we spoke about on today's episode, please feel free to go back and have a listen and make sure you rate and review. It makes a difference. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening in. Be sure to follow us on social media at the Afterglow Podcast Official and take a minute to leave us a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Lift a sister up and share the Afterglow with others who are seeking their courageous second act.